Welcome to episode 6 of Keep Up Shut Up, and a very special episode it is too, recorded at the famous Wentworth Club, the long-time home of the European Tour. I'm Tony Rushmutt. And I'm Mike Morley, better known on the Stayshore Tour as The Llama. Only, it's not called the Stayshore Tour any longer, Tony. You're right, correct, Mike, and that is why we have managed to find ourselves at Wentworth on a sunny early September day. Because today marks the start of a bright new future for the Over 50s Tour, as we're here to find out. In a nutshell, we've been told a groundbreaking new venture is being announced between the European Tour and Stayshore founder and group CEO Ryan Howsam, the result of which is the launch of the Legends Tour. So in this episode, we'll drill down into the detail and chat to Ryan and some of the tour's biggest names who are here to help promote this exciting new venture. Before we do so, Mike, your initial reaction to the concept of the Legends Tour. It's a really fitting name, isn't it? It absolutely is, Tony. Legends is definitely the right way to describe a market the likes of Masters hero Ian Woosnam, Ryder Cup winning captain Paul McGinley, former Open champion Paul Laurie, all of whom will be joining us on this episode to give us their reaction to this massive news. I think the other major point to make is, um, you know, this wouldn't be happening without the vision and the backing of uh, Ryan Howsam. Since his uh, company Stacia arrived as the title sponsor of the European Senior Tour. He's been really visible and energetic presence. And I'm sure that energy, along with his business skills, uh, will be great for the future of this tour. You are right, spot on. Yes, Ryan Howsam, Group CEO of Stayshore, now has a majority equity share in the Legends Tour, and he will work alongside the head of the Legends Tour, Mark Aspland. We'll hear in this episode about some of their ideas, notably how they'll be offering top-class experience for professionals and amateurs through the Alliance Pro-Am format and introducing a season-long Legends Club, which will offer a premium experience for amateur golfers. Serving as ambassadors for the new venture are eight stars of the senior circuit, Colin Montgomery, Darren Clark, Tom Lehman, Mark James, Michael Campbell, Ian Woosnam, Paul McGinley and Paul Laurie. Part of the new Legends Tour offering will be celebrity pro-ams planned for at certain events and here today to promote that element alongside Woozy McGinley and co are Harry Redknapp, Tony McCoy, Stephen Hendry and Claire Balding. So there is plenty for us to get our teeth into here at Wentworth Mikey. I mean, you're looking forward to seeing a few old friends I know and also rubbing shoulders with a few big celebs in the hallowed grounds of the Wentworth estate. Well, the first thing I did, you talk about getting your teeth into things, is I went straight to the uh, the restaurant and tried a bacon sandwich. <laughs> I've got to be honest, Tony, it was three times the price of dear old Harpen and Common. But what a lovely bit of bacon it was. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that went down well. And what was your other takeaway from just walking around this amazing estate? It's an incredible place, isn't it? You drive in here, there's just the, the, the houses, the mansions. It just feels class, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. How have we got in? I don't know. I mean, it's so exciting. And um, listening to you talking about the ambassadors that are taking on the Legends Tour, it, it's so exciting. Next year's going to be phenomenal. I can't wait. I really can't. 
And it's great to think that there's a very positive future for, for our tour around the corner, isn't it? After a frustrating year, next year looks like being arguably the best ever. I, it's been so difficult, not only for, for, for players, but for everybody surrounding the tour that we haven't been out there playing. I understand the reasons why, but this is it's all going to be worth waiting for. We're going to have a 2021 season absolutely packed with events. We're going to see lots of people coming along and enjoying you know, senior golf, and it's going to be put on the map. And Ryan Halsam is the man to drive that 100%. I like your thinking. Yeah, just to paint the picture then, we are in the heart of European Tour HQ. A rather large boardroom facility has been laid on for us, so we're feeling well looked after already. That's the scene set. So let's go and find ourselves a legend or two to give us their thoughts about the all-new Legends Tour. First guest with us today is Paul McGinley, Ryder Cup captain and also the man who hold a putt to win the 2002 Ryder Cup. Paul, thanks so much for joining us on Keep Up, Shut Up. What's your reaction to the unveiling of the Legends Tour? What's my reaction now? Certainly as a player, I'm delighted. Uh, I don't know any player who's not united behind this new initiative. Um, I think it's taken, one of the things that gives me a lot of confidence about it is it's taken a dynamic that has tried, tested and proven historically in the game of golf, whether it be in America, Asia or Europe, uh, and that's the Pro-Am and the value of a Pro-Am to sponsors. It's taken that dynamic and um, using it as a basis to form a new, a new tour. And, um, you know, we all know how successful the Dunhill is and we all know how successful the AT&T is in Pebble Beach. Um, they're very much oversubscribed and they are hugely successful events that everybody wants to play in with a huge waiting list uh, of people trying to get into them. And uh, as I say, that's the dynamic that's, uh, that's worked in historically in the game of golf and moving it forward with this new initiative. Great. I mean, as a senior player, what's the attraction for you to continue to play tour golf? Oh, I think once a competitor, always a competitor. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I've played as much golf as I have in the last, certainly since I came off tour five years ago, but um, I've played as much golf as I've, I have done since then uh, in the last six months. But what I don't have is an outlet competitively. And yeah. as much as we love playing the game of golf, the drug really is the competition. Yeah. Uh, and 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 that's what uh, that's what we miss out on uh, at the moment with uh, with no seniors golf to play in. I played on the uh, in the Celtic Classic down in uh, Adair Manor or not Adair Manor Celtic Manor uh, a few uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, it really brought home the difference. <laughs> it, <laughs> it was a pretty soggy affair, though. Wasn't well, it, it was. Yeah, I, I picked the wrong course to compete <laughs> against those guys. But what was interesting about it was, um, you know, my, my game's in pretty good shape. But in, in a straight line, holes that were in a straight line, I was 20, 25 yards behind them off. The tee, which is okay, acceptable. But when it came to some kind of a dog leg or some kind of a carry at 285 over a bunker that I couldn't do, that's when they were 70, 80 yards ahead of me. Um, you know, and, and wow. dog legs, they were hitting in wedges and sand wedges where I was hitting it to the corner, hitting in a six iron. Um, so there was a stark contrast and the modern game, certainly in the main tour, is, is very much about, about speed and power. I mean, you, you've got loads and loads of media commitments and, and you want to put your your weight behind this tour. I mean, you're going to have to get yourself pretty much match yeah. fit to get out there next year, aren't you? I am, yeah, and, and, and I will do. I think I've only averaged five, five events since I've turned yeah. 50. I'm 53 now. And I've only managed about five events a year since then because I've been so busy doing other things. But, you know, some of it, uh, because of COVID, I don't think I'm going to be as busy in the next uh, couple of years as I have been in the last few. Uh, that will give me a bit more time to play golf. 
Um, and I still love to play, you know, when I'm at home and I'm in the office and I'm doing stuff or preparing stuff or whatever I'm doing, if I get a window for two or three hours on this day like it is today, I'm straight up to the golf course and I'm hitting balls and I'm going to play nine holes on my own. I still love to play golf. Ryan Housem is someone who's come to the tour with energy and, and a vision. How great is it that the tour are working with him to, to lay on what looks like the most exciting development in senior golf within Europe and beyond in, in our time? Yeah, good points. I mean, Ryan is a guy that we've got uh, to know very well on the European tour uh, in seniors golf, certainly in the last number of years because of his involvement with Stacia. Um, he's put a lot of effort in uh, to uh, making sure that Stacia got value for money. He came to a lot of the events himself. He played in a lot of the events himself and and he got to know us and we had dinner with him and, and, and met him and became you know, well-known with him and, 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 and friends with him. And he's seen uh, a gap in the market here and he sees the potential for this going forward. Hence the idea that um, he's come up with. Um, you know, not alone is he, is, is he full of energy, which you're right, rightly identified. He's also got a huge business acumen as well and access to a massive database of, of people aged over 50. I think there's over 5 million people to the access in the database that he has. And, you know, net, net, high net worth individuals that love to play golf uh, are really the target, target market for him. Um, and the important thing for him is that this isn't just rich men out playing golf. This is um, a sustainable business. Uh, and I think that's the big key for him. Um, and he doesn't want to be a financial donor to the business, although he understands there's an investment at the start, but he really wants to get this up and running, financially uh, stable uh, on its own two feet. I've seen him on the golf course, so I'm imagining in the boardroom he's competitive because on a golf course, the old fire burns within Ryan, yeah. doesn't he? He's, he? He works harder on his game than some of you guys. Yeah, he does, yeah, yeah. He's nuts about golf. He'd be seeing everybody, yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, it's good to have people like him involved because uh, the energy is infectious, you know, and when you meet with Ryan and you, you listen to him, you hear him and his ambition and how energized he is about what potential there is out there. Um, and it's infectious. And uh, we're, we're delighted to have him part of European Tour. And, and sitting my other hat on as a board member of the European Tour, you know, obviously it was a it was a difficult thing for, for the Tour and the board to relinqu relinquish equity in something that they own, which was seniors golf. So, um, you know, it, it was um, it was a big move. But the fact that it was Ryan and the fact that a lot of us knew him and the fact that it was a bona fide reason as to what he was doing and, you know, um, a lot of things lined up and he was the perfect partner for, from, from the board's point of view. And, you know, from the Alliance side of things, you must be really looking forward to next season and playing with some interesting characters that uh, have, have put money into play. I mean, it, it, does, uh, it does reveal a few interesting characters, doesn't it, this game? It does, absolutely. And, and you know, when, when I do talks on, on golf and particularly to young people, um, and not necessarily those who are looking at, you know, being a professional, um, but... but one of the things I talked to them about, you know, my kids are certainly a good example. I made sure they all play golf to a decent level. And when I say decent level, I mean break 100, you know, just so that you're good enough to go out. Do you play golf? Yes, I do. Be able to go out and be able to, you know, have a, a bogey or better on every hole. Um, and, and if you can do that, um, or even a little bit higher, if you can do that, it opens up a whole new world of possibility. Um, and it's it's the people you meet and the places you travel to uh, that make golf such a fantastic game. And I really do think that, uh, again, it's another basis of this tour um, will be that we'll be going to fabulous places and we're going to meet uh, some very interesting people. It's a strange thing to, and you just alluded to it there, to call golf a, a life skill. But in some ways it can be, can't it? You just mentioned it. Actually, if you can break 100 and get it round, 
you're, you're, in, you're entering a realm where you can meet a lot of interesting people and open up possibilities for your life. Absolutely. I mean, uh, from what I know, uh, and being a little bit in the business world, dipping my toes in the last 10, 15 years, uh, business is about relationships. Uh, so much of it is about relationships. And I know these are difficult times with COVID and we're doing so much on Zoom and we're doing so much over the phone and stuff. But remember, it's always still going to be about personal relationships with people. Um, and where better to develop them than on a golf course? You know, wh where does somebody, say, say, take an organization, somebody, you know, COVID unrelated in normal times, you know, somebody who might be lower down a pecking order in, 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 in a huge business, get an opportunity to play with the chief executive and spend four or five hours with them. And, and business is very much about that. And that's where a lot of business is done. My experience is so much big business in particular is done because of personal relationships. So a little bit on that um, potential then for the Alliance Pro-Am format that you were just were talking about there, working alongside perhaps a businessman or an ex-sportsman, is that something most of you guys will buy into next season as it's you know, perceived as important to promote and grow this new brand? Yeah, I think everybody's united right behind it. Um, you know, you've got to understand that the, the, the mindset of people aged over 50 is different than it is when you're young, ambitious and driven and you're trying to make your way in the game in a very difficult competitive environment. Um, so when you get to 50, I'd like to think that a lot of us are, you know, are further down the line. The financial constraints that we might have been living under in our 30s and 40s in terms of putting the kids through school and putting, um, you know, food on the table and paying the mortgage and buying a house and all of those things. You know, a lot of those have kind of, you know, hopefully we're out the other side of that. And, and our mindset is different when you turn 50. Um, and you're playing for the love of the game as much as anything else. Um, and you love for the love of competition as much as anything else. And you're probably dipping your toes in a little bit of, uh, of the business world. So this whole dynamic here of, of the Legends Tour is, is, is ticking all of those boxes. Certainly from my point of view, um, I, I don't just see it as, as good for me to have an outlet to play golf, um, but I see it as an outlet to potentially build new relationships that I could do other business with. Yeah, it's, it, it's hugely exciting. I mean, from the aspect of, of, like you say, these guys that have come out the other side financially and really enjoying their, their golf, you know, they can travel the world and play with the likes of yourself and Woozy and Tom Lehman and Paul Laurie. It, it's, um, it, it, it's a golfer's dream, isn't it, to get out there and, and, and compete on a competitive circuit? You'd like to think so, yeah. You know, so many people look from the outside in professional golf and the circus that professional golf yeah. is. Going from country to country, venue to venue, everything laid out for you when you get there, um, playing with some of the best players. Um, you know, look upon it as a, as a circus. Oh, I'd love to be a professional golfer. What a life that must be. And those who are lucky enough to have made money in their life and, and, and have the opportunity now to say, you know what? I want to do this and I, I want to have, uh, be part of that circus and I want to start traveling and I want to get to sit down and have a beer with Ian Woosnam and, and find out what it's all about and have dinner with you know, certain other people uh, that they might have played with during the day. So as I say, there's a, there's a lot to be... Uh, Ryan is certainly very energized about this idea and I can see why, uh, as I say, because it's taken something, a template that's been really successful in professional golf, that is the Pro-Am, uh, value of the Pro-Am and, and turning it into the basis of a tour. Out of interest, Paul, uh, you, you said you've been working hard on your golf these last six months. Can we ask what sort of shape do you feel your game is in right now? Yeah, well, I felt it was okay until I played in Celtic Manor against the young boys. <laughs> Uh, but as I say, I, I probably picked the wrong venue to go up against them there because it is a very much a modern golf course with a lot of dog legs. But yeah, my golf's in good shape. Um, but, you know, as much as I love playing golf and I certainly play for money games around Sunningdale with the guys that I'm, I'm friendly with and familiar with and I love those games. And um, 
but it's the competitive outlet yeah. uh, against you know real competitive uh, golfers like you have on the on the legend tour as it is now uh, and and that's what you miss that drug of competition is much as a drug as as that playing of golf is you, you know you've missed the crack of the stationary tour last year getting together yeah. in some of these great venues and playing golf competitively and well, that's what's important about, and the vibe is going to be really important on this Legends Tour, that it is about crack. You've hit on something really important there. You know, this is not going to bed at eight o'clock at night and, you know, eating peanuts on the golf course all day long <laughs> and drinking water at nighttime. Um, you know, this is a bit of a party atmosphere. You know, lots of, you know, draws around cocktail parties, everybody having a bit of crack, everybody getting to know each other, uh, traveling together um, and a bit of banter and, yeah, having a few drinks at night. You know, this is a bit of a throwback to what professional golf was maybe in the older days when, when you know, it hasn't become as serious as it is. And we leave that for the guys on the main tour. And that element, that's something you hit on there is really important if this is going to be successful. And that's that it's crack. Can we just ask, we, you're a committee member uh, the European Tour. We don't know. It is an uncertain world out there. How soon can you hope to get you and your peers and their alliance partners back out on the golf course in competitive play is that something we can look at before the end of this year are there possibilities i'm not asking for specifics i'm just yeah. saying what's sort of bubbling under well we're very much governed by health and safety uh, that's the fundamental thing um it's not from lack of funds from potential sponsors uh, or the european tour uh it's not from energy from the players um but we are hugely restricted um under governance um, uh, you know, as a board of the European Tour and a member of that board, you know, we have to show, um, you know, we have to adhere to the strict governance that's been uh, put in place by governments, wherever that meet throughout the world. Um, so that's for, first and foremost. Um, if we are going to do some events and there's been some talk about it that, you know, they're done on a lower level um, and the UK is the obvious place that they could happen because you already have an understanding um, with the UK government at the moment. Uh, we have put on a number of events as part of this UK swing on the European tour. They've all gone very well. And the UK government have a, you know, confidence in us that we could possibly uh, do something uh, because we've proved to them that we, can, that we can act responsibly. So that could happen. Um, there's also talk about Mauritius and Seychelles at the end of the year, traveling. That's more of a bigger leap, although we, I do, do hope it does happen because it's such a fabulous place uh, out there. Um, but certainly this Legends Tour will kick off, hopefully COVID dependent, uh, very much next year. Well, we're joined here in the European Tour headquarters now by Ryan Housem, Stayshore founder and group CEO of Stayshore, and the man who is right behind the vision for the over 50s tour uh, in Europe and beyond. It's almost three years since your title sponsorship of the tour was announced. Things have evolved, and now we're at a media event unveiling you as the majority equity shareholder of the Legends Tour. Tell us. How's it all come about and why have you chosen to strengthen your arrangement, your position within over 50s Pro Tour Golf? Well, first of all, as you know, the uh, station be being involved uh, made sense because we are a, a, a company that's a market leader in the mature market and tying to a mature market uh, brand with the over 50s golf seemed to make sense. But it's, a, it's also a little bit, it was a little bit of a punt because I didn't know would it really work? Because the, you know, the marketing that we do is very measurable and trying to measure does sponsorship really work is quite difficult. 
and looking at the uh, the brand recognition how it went up over the two years uh, dramatically increased and that wasn't just because of this lots of other stuff going on but you know it definitely did help so I think it was a big hit and then it was back in 2018 I was speaking with uh, David McLaren at the uh, uh, I think it was at the Seychelles and I, I said to him David I think this thing could be a lot bigger a lot better I think there's a lot more to it do you think there's any chance that I could uh, own this thing he said well it's for the players with the players it's it's a membership it's highly unlikely I said well you know what that's not perhaps not going to stop me let's have, let's have a go so I, I put the proposition to uh, Keith Pelly well Keith Pelly's been incredibly brilliant actually at, at helping me get this over the line but you know it, it, it took something to get it over the line because it's you know, you are taking a, a sport that's for these members and then doing something really different with it. In one respect, if you think about it logically, uh, a sponsor is paying money and an owner, if you're any good, makes money. Uh, first of all, you know, I'm in business to make money and this is no different. I plan to make money out of this. And, uh, uh, but when I do, a lot of it's going to go back to these, to these players. So, uh, so the first thing is I wanted to be involved for the long haul but I saw this as something where, you know, it could potentially be a much bigger franchise than what it was. Uh, and, and that there's an awful lot of money there. If you think about senior golf and who's spending the money, it's the mature market. And, uh, you know, in, in a business, you've always got to own a space. This is very important. And the space that, you know, we could own as senior golf across Europe is, I mean, who else could do that? You know, if, what better platform than having Ryder Cup captains, major winners, Ryder Cup players? For me, the big challenge is how do you get it front and centre of, of, of the paying public? What's the challenge? Well, it's, it's like anything. If you, if you don't market something, people don't know about it. But, you know, even when I was going to some of these local events last year, the European tour... Uh, didn't have a budget for marketing the local event. So there might be a sponsor doing something and so on, or a local promoter. You know, there's going to be a, a, a budget put behind marketing the local event. So, for example, before you had, it was free, I think, for some people to get in most of the events. Uh, well, I believe if something's free, it's of no value. Uh, so, you know, if we put a 10 or 15 pound ticket price on, that's not a lot of money to come out and watch these guys. It really isn't. You get you know, 5, 10, 15, 20,000 people coming, that's quite a lot of money. That then gives you a marketing budget to spend. This is not rocket science. You're, you're, you're initiating a legends club and yeah. even introducing an order of merit for yeah. amateurs. C can you tell us about those ideas and, and who, who might potentially get involved and how they might get involved? Sure. So, I mean, with, with the Alliance format, you have... Uh, so next year, the tour is 60 players, not 54 uh, so that means there's 30 amateur spaces, yeah? So, so an, uh, uh, an alliance uh, player will play uh, with up to six pros over three days. And obviously that's different because you're now playing the final day. Uh, we think this, that's worth quite a lot of money. What we're going to do is we're going to sell that for uh, 20 memberships for the year. That basically means that 20 people can play up to as many alliance events as they want to. Uh, and then they can go to the tour final. Uh, then on top of that, you've got the sponsors, promoters, whoever they are, they will take some of some spaces and uh, and then we'll basically put a minimum bid out there for others that want to go. And we'll have a database of people that will be desperate to get into the event. 
this is going to be for people that have got a, fair, a certain amount of money, and but obviously this money then comes back in, which means we can pay more prize money mm. and so on, you know. Paul McGinley was telling us about the AT&T and obviously the Dunhill yes. links. There's an element of celebrity and yeah. uh, stardust glittered yeah. over those events. Absolutely. And today's launch event here yeah. at the Wentworth Club has seen Tony McCoy, Claire Boarding, Stephen Hendry and Harry Redknapp. Yeah. How are you looking to reach out to that sector to try and build a similar event as the AT&T yeah. and the Dunhill well, links? Well, we, we've got the Alliance format and that's pretty much aimed at like wealthy-ish amateurs. Uh, then you've got the two Pro-Am days. We're going to turn one of those Pro-Am days into a celebrity Pro-Am, and then the celebrities can go to the tour final. So we're going to have a celeb Pro-Am tour final. So as opposed to, you'll know the types, the, the, the Pro-Ams are, are, are good fun, but mm. I think you need to have a bit of competitiveness to them. So we want them, to, the, the celebs, to get to the tour final, and then there'll be an order, order of merit for that. Yeah. It, it, it's, Just that makes a bit of frisson to those days. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You've got an impressive list of ambassadors. Yeah. How much of a playing commitment can you hope to get from, say, Darren Clark and Tom Lehman, who look yeah. like they're champions tour based in yeah. the main? Yeah, they are. They are. Well, I'm expecting them to play three or four events. As a bare minimum and hopefully... Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then on top of that, we'll get what, what we can, yeah. With the ambassadors, it's not just about playing. What we're doing is we're putting content pillars around various players and it's that content you know you were talking about well how do we get this out there mm. you know uh, each one of these players will have specific content around them like Paul for example uh, you know, more from the business and motivational side and so on so each person you know Faldo for example is not on your list who we're speaking to you know there's a good chance he will head up something for us in uh, in, in health and fitness because he's big into fitness so they're, so, they're lifestyle ambassadors almost yeah, as well as lifestyle as well as playing ambassadors but you know we you know we will play but I think you know the key thing is is that over time we're going to get 10 12 ambassadors we're going to get make sure that we've got a great field at these alliance events and then obviously we just take it on from there i just want to draw your attention back to something you mentioned earlier i know some of the pros that listen to uh, our podcast will be thinking you, you said it was going from 54 to 60 yeah the other six professionals uh, where are they taken from the order of merit or that there will be a certain amount that will come through qualifying and then the rest of it will so i don't think the qualifying is going to change so we're going to have a monday qualifier uh, there, there is almost an opportunity to create a challenge tour for the legends, right? So yeah. I know a lot of guys that would love to play or can play, and they say we can't get into it, like, it feels like a closed shop. So if you can imagine a Monday order of merit for a challenge legends tour, and then you've got a couple of spots going in from that, you know, that would make sense. And that's something that's going through my mind. That sounds exciting. And we're talking about events. Um, what sort of schedule... Are you able to indicate is being built at the moment? I'm not asking actual specifics, but yeah. maybe numbers and what prize funds might look like in the new brand new era. Yeah. How, what's the picture? Well, there? well, I mean, look, the prize funds are, uh, uh, they can only go one way, and it's going to it's, it's going to be it's going to be up from where it is. I, I I can't commit to exactly what it's going to be right now because we're working on it. If you think about mature market sponsor going after a mature market audience, it's not just about golf here now because obviously all of my customers aren't golfers. Uh, there's a, you know a fair proportion, but not you know not five and a half million of them, and that's going to grow to maybe ten or twelve million over the next three years. So when we put that mature audience in front of 
a car company, a financial services company that's going after this market. It's, th this is game changing, you know, it's different to anything else that's out there. And, and that can only come because I'm bringing it. So, uh, so you've got that, you've got the experience. Now, when you put all of that together, it's got to bring more money. And in terms of number of events, are we looking at similar to, to what we've known in 2019 and previous, I, 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 yeah. or hopefully a couple of three yeah. more? Yeah, I would think that we're going to be around 2019 level uh, for next year, but we're aiming to get it to about 24, which I think is about the optimum number from what I, from what I understand. And I know you liaise or speak to the members of the tour a lot. A lot of them have become your friends through yes. playing on yeah. The, yeah. the circuit. Um, what's the feedback been like from the guys that you've been networking with within the membership? Brilliant. I mean, the players have been absolutely fantastic. I've had just top draw support from all of them. I, I can't, there's not one that's that's been negative about what, you know, what we're doing. I'm pleased to hear that. It's great. I mean, it, it's so, it's so exciting. I can, I can only hope that your golf is uh, is ready for next year because uh, you, you know we've seen well, you on the range working very hard. Well, well, I've had nine months of being of being off, but you know, I mean, at the end of last year, I, I got down to because I was off three four, you know, and I got down to, to five again, and uh, uh, I think one of my final rounds, I was one over on the, what was it, the Stairshore PGA. In fact, I was one under through the first nine, and Monty was one under. And uh, I know, I know, we're on forward teams. So it's not the same, but you know. It, but this, you know, if you if you, if you uh, think about this experience, I mean, I'm excited playing in that. But you imagine we get more crowds there, we get the publicity around it, yeah. get some guys out that that want this type of experience. It's uh, it's hugely exciting because we we all know that member of the golf club that. Um, that wants the ultimate experience. We'll jump on a plane and go to Augusta. Yeah. And and this is, you know, th this Legends Tour is right up there. You, yeah. you pay a bundle of money, you get to play with your heroes yeah. on a tour, treated like a tour player. Uh, you know, it, it's fantastic. Yeah. And but I just, the experience has to go up, right? Yeah. So, you know, we want courses to be of a, a better quality. We need nice wines. We need to make sure that they've got a caddy that, you know, is, is a local caddy and can really yeah. help them around the course, yeah. you know? You want everything to be a premier brand here. And that doesn't yeah. mean a caddy that can't keep up. Well, that doesn't it, mean a wine that tastes like it's 4 99 yeah. bottle out well, of a supermarket. Well, look, I, I, look, I come from a, quite a rough council estate background. So it's, it's not that it's all about the finer things in life, but if we are, getting people on board that have got a certain amount of money, they will expect a certain experience. The likes of Woosnam and, and Montgomery and these names, you know, people want to be associated with them. Another new guest with us, another guest here, uh, another legend. It's Ian Woosnam, Masters champion, and also 2006 Ryder Cup winning captain. Woozy, the Legends Tour, what's your reaction? Very excited, you know, uh, to be in a partnership with Stay Sure. I think it's uh, a step in the right direction and uh, being an ambassador for the tour as well. I'm, I'm really excited in the way it's, it's starting off. It's a big day today and the way it's going to carry on for the, for, for the future, really. As a, as a senior player, what's the attraction of continuing to play tour golf for you? Winning. <laughs> of course. I, I think, you know, you spent, you know, whatever I've been a professional now, nearly 45 years, it's all about winning. Yeah. But also, as times have changed a little bit, once you hit your 50s, for me, it's not so much about, you know, money and everything. It's more about enjoying it and, and 
being with different kinds of people and different kinds of walk walks of life, you know, bank managers run big or people who run very successful companies and, you know, seeing them playing golf and struggling and that's, you know, watching them and it, it's quite interesting and you, and you can learn so much off different people as well. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those games, isn't it, that you can play forever and uh, how do you continue to keep competitive? You know, I'm fortunate. I think, you know, all the pros, they manage to try and practice and play as much as they possibly can. You know, for me, I love playing with my friends, getting out there, playing for a few quid, not a lot. It's all about winning. It can be a pound or it can be 10 pound or it can be 100 pound. It's all about the winning, isn't Still it? Still ruthless. So, <laughs> absolutely. You know, I always want to win, you know, and uh, I think that's how we keep on our game. You know, I'm fortunate at home. I've got a sky track and I've got indoor and I can practice doing that and keep my game going as well. And uh, I'm really enjoying it. But at the moment, uh, I'm struggling on the greens. But, uh, we'll wait and see what happens this afternoon. When you tee it up, let's say uh, in a senior open or, or it can be any uh, Legends Tour event, when you stand on that first tee, does there, the, the competitive fire still burn as strongly as ever for you? Oh, absolutely. I think you're just waiting to have that moment. Is it going to be your, is it going to be your week? You know, you, you practice and play, you know, as you just ask, practice and play. And then memories come back in your life and you wonder if this, this is going to be your week. You know, the, that bit of luck comes on and hits a tree and comes back or you, you haul a putt from 50 feet, you know. <laughs> you get them feelings it's going to be your time and, and that's what you keep playing for. And as a multiple winner in, within seniors golf, does it, does it mean as much on, on the Sunday when they hand over the cheque and the trophy as it did all those years when you were on the main tour, winning the Masters, becoming world number one? Is the, is the thrill, the buzz still good? Yeah, I think so, because obviously when you're younger, you think, well, you've got more to more to come. And when, as you get older and older, you're getting less and less chances of winning. So, yeah, for everyone, it's just the same because it could be your last one. They're all special, yes. And and we all, you, you mentioned working with... Um, people in business, uh, uh, the opportunity on the Legends Tour. And obviously one of those is Ryan Howsam, the CEO uh, of Stayshore and uh, really behind the Legends Tour initiative. How big a boost for this circuit is it having someone with Ryan's business acumen and his golfing passion? Well, you know, for the last, as I say, 18 months, I've been talking to Ryan, getting to know him. And his ambitions of what he wants to do and you know he's a very very clever man we've seen that his business is very successful and now to take that into partnership with the european seniors the legends tour is going to be very exciting for for me and for the guys becoming 50 coming off the the smaller tour into the into the seniors and i think that's going to give them a something to play for yeah, I mean, it's um, it's been a frustrating year. And uh, looking at the list of uh, Legends Tour ambassadors, it's it's a mighty impressive, strong one. How much will that lift the profile of the new Legends Tour? What will it, you know, what will it ultimately bring to the game? I think what it's trying to do is to sort of like uh, to raise the profile of of the Legends Tour for sponsorship and for people to come and play in, in their own little tournament, in a way, to get the chance to play with the legends, to be in an order merit, to be in a grand final. People who are, you know, who've been in work all their lives and they made quite a lot of money and they want to retire and what are they going to do? You know, as we all know, well, no, we all know it as you get older. You know, if I stop playing golf now, what were I going to do? So if I stopped, like to say, whatever sport I was in, and I had the opportunity to go and play something like this, on a, on, a, on a tour, on a tour, playing with the pros, playing with legends, 
this is what I'd be doing. I'd be spending the money to do it. So that's what we're talking about with the with the Alliance Pro-Am format, isn't it? It's going to attract business leaders, potentially exportsmen from other sports, celebrities. There's going to be some real colour to this circuit, isn't there? Yeah, and it's going to be... It's a great concept of what's going to happen. And, and with you playing three days on the on the weekend, you know, the leader of the Order of America could be off first or he could be off last. And it's... And it's as I said before. It's going to be really exciting to see their reactions. Businessmen put on a, in a pressure situation, trying to win their cruel man. Yeah, absolutely. You know. <laughs> see what they're like with a the gun to their head. See what you guys have put up with. You know, yeah. can I have that loan now? You know what I mean? I'll help you hold this part. Give me a loan. The, lead, the leader in a boardroom, standing over a three-foot putt, <laughs> with Woozy and McGinley in the background, thinking yeah, he's not going to make that. I'll bet you a tenner he doesn't get it. <laughs> so I mean, it, it's it, it's highly exciting. I, I, mean, I, I can remember watching you at Moore Park at the Wang Four Stars, you know, and, and the amount of people that used to come out and watch those sort of events. The the, the Legends Tour, it, it it's got massive potential to really tap into the public. Uh, you know, you, you're going to have to get your game back in shape on the old putting green. Well, the thing is, I can always go back to the long putt. That's my reserve. So I don't know what it is. You asked me about what keeps you going playing golf, and it's like trying to beat the little putter. It keeps me going day in, day out. It's a challenge. Can I find that secret? I've got another one for today to see if it is. I'll find out on the first screen straight away. We'll be there to follow it. Yeah, thanks very much. <laughs> so after the layoff, I mean, we don't know when we'll be back teeing it up yet. We don't know when we'll be walking the fairways in competition play. How exciting will that moment be for, for you and your peers to actually get out and see each other in competition play again? That's something that's probably keeping you going, isn't it? Motivating you. Yeah, I think it's very difficult when you're seeing all the other tours playing and we're not playing at the moment. It's very difficult to to feel that, you know, we're missing out a little bit. But hopefully with this, uh, this is all going to happen for the start of the next year. And, uh, and I think all the guys are going to be so pumped up, excited to be able to start a new you know, Legends Tour and be part of a, a new a new era coming forward. We've had Woozy and now we're joined by another major champion. It's none other than 1999 Open champion, Paul Laurie. What's your reaction to the unveiling of the Legends Tour? Well, I think I speak on behalf of most of the players. Uh, it's exciting, obviously. Uh, I spoke to Ryan a few weeks ago about it and he, he outlined his vision for it and his enthusiasm for it is fantastic, which is what obviously you're after. Um, and I played with him. I played with him last year at the Scottish Seniors when I won. He was my amateur partner, so he's a a real golfy guy. He likes his golf. Uh, very technical, good player. Um, and obviously, the idea is to make it more about the amateur and make it more of an experience for them to to play golf with us, which uh, is great, obviously, for us too. So to have him on board is magic. Well, as a senior player, Paul, what is the, what's the attraction to continue to play tour golf? I mean, you came out last year. What, what, what excited you about tour golf at the senior level? Well, you want to keep playing, don't you? I mean, I've played, you know, we've all played our whole life. I mean, I turned pro at 17 um, and I travelled I traveled the world since I was sort of 19. So when my main tour, I mean, I'm still exempt on the main tour, but I don't feel as though I'm competitive, you know, on there. You want to be competitive, you know, and I feel as though I can be competitive in the seniors. So I want to play as long as I can. I think that's the feeling of all the all the guys. I mean, I played with Mark James this morning, and 
probably doesn't mind me saying he's 67, but he can still play. Man, he's looking way better than I am at 51, but, and he can still play, he can still hit it, and he wants to play. You know, he says he's going to play 10 events next year, something like that. I think it's something you've always done. We've always played, so as long as you can keep playing, and things like today, it's just great news for over 50s in Europe to get that going. Just how strongly does that competitive spirit still burn then? You touched on it then, but is, is the fire in the belly, is it still as, as intense as ever when you tee it up? Uh, yeah, I've, uh, I've always been rather competitive, I, I, I would admit. Uh, don't like getting beat, I think it's, it's just in you. When you work as hard as you do, to, you know, I turned pro, I was a five handicap at 17 years of age, I wasn't very good. I had to do a lot of work to get myself to a decent level. And when you do that amount of work and you do start winning things and doing well, the competitive side never goes, uh, never, ever. Uh, I play golf for my kids. I don't let them win. You know, I'm not happy when they do win. They beat me more than they ever did now. But that's just how it is. You know, if you're competitive, you're competitive. I mean, my wife goes crazy, but I will never, ever let a kid beat me. That's the, I mean, if he beats me, then fair, fair play. It's like, you know? it's like competitive dad on the fast show, isn't it? Yeah, oh, <laughs> I'm man, not giving I, you that three-footer. Oh, no. The first, the first time my son beat me, he was 14. I was raging, honestly. I was not a happy man at all. But, you know, it happens. But no, we're all... We're all Competitive, but, you know, the tour is more relaxed than the main tour. It's competitive and the guys can play, but there isn't the same stress that you get on, on the main tour. There's not the same kind of, there's a bit more camaraderie, I would say, amongst the players at night and whatever, but there's still competitiveness is still there. And, yeah. Ryan, and Ryan Housem is bringing in some ideas, some new innovations and initiatives. Do you think to make a senior golf fully marketable and to maximise the potential, we do need to perhaps look at some of these ideas and we do need to do things differently. And perhaps that's why his bright new vision is going to be good for us. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think he's uh, listening to the press conference and having spoken to Ryan, I, I think he's a, he's a very impressive individual when you speak to him and when you meet him. And he's obviously an amateur golfer who loves his golf, who loves to play with us in tournaments. And that's his vision. He thinks it should be two pros and one amateur and uh, give the amateur an experience that he'll never forget, one that he can't, you know, we've all played golf a long time, you know, all the senior pros, we've all got stories and we've all won things around the world. And that's his vision. And I think he's got it. I think he's got it spot on. I think we're all really excited for what the, what the chances are for us. And uh, let's hope it's a success. That is the unique offer here, isn't it? You, I mean, you can't, you can't just walk onto Centre Court at Wimbledon and have a knockout with no. Tim Henman. You've got an opportunity here as a golfer, with a few quid to play the tour all year and to mix it with with tour pros and get some tips and and, yeah. and lessons in life and, and yeah. it's great. I mean, it's when I when I well, I won the first Dunhill Links Championship at St Andrews and Martin Gilbert, who has been my main sponsor at Davening Standard for as long as I've played, and he picked my ball out the hole when I won. Now, what other sport can you do that? There's not many. So yeah. Ryan, that's his idea that the amateurs are going to experience. The, the thrill of one of his pros he's playing with has got a chance to win a tournament. So, man, sounds great to me. Well, Mike, we're coming to the end of a pretty eventful, some would say landmark day for seniors golf, uh, certainly seniors golf uh, in Europe. We've attended the official media launch of the Legends Tour, a new circuit and a new vision outlined um, by Ryan Housem. Goodness, there's been a lot for us to process here at the Wentworth Club. But what are your initial reactions and reflections? It's been a very, very surreal day. Um, I came here with an open mind and I'm hugely excited about 2021. Ryan Housem is a businessman, 
Um, he's a very successful businessman. He's got some great ambassadors that have signed up. They're contracted to help. I'm excited and I, I think it's got real opportunity. Um, we know that the Champions Tour in America is very successful and there's absolutely no reason why the Legends Tour with these ambassadors cannot be really, really punching above its weight. If we get the TV contracts, if we get the marketing right, the, the, the sky is the limit. You're a golfer, you're excited, you know, you can, you can play on the, imagine me, me and you being on the first tee, on the tee, Paul McGinley, Ian Woosnam, Tony Rushmer. You know, you can do that. There's, there's no other sport. Name me another sport that you can do that. Yes, you're right, Mike. You, you're, you're spot on there. Um, a lot to digest, um, and I will be thinking about it as I drive back home um, this evening and for days and weeks to come. I suppose the thing now for us is to see a schedule, see what events are lined up, and then it will feel really tangible. It will really feel that this bright new vision, this great new idea uh, for seniors golf in Europe and beyond is on paper and going to happen in the way it's just been outlined. I'm sure it will. Uh, and that's why that day will be just as exciting as this one. We get our eyes on that schedule for 2021. Well, it's been a different type of podcast episode, this quite newsy by our standards, but I think it's important we finish with the trademark wit and whimsy of Mike Morley. What have you got to share for us uh, today, my old mate? Well, as you know, this year's been a bit strange. We haven't been able to do any caddying and uh, what it's meant is that we can focus on our own golf. And you and I have exchanged stories about how terrible we've been. But um, a small Phoenix from the Flames moment for me, uh, Harbinden Common Golf Club, uh, the Robinson Rose Bowl, I had a brilliant front nine, uh, came home slightly in an ambulance but I actually won a major golf tournament at the golf club tone. I can't believe it. There is hope for us all. Just give us a little bit of a blow-by-blow account. How, how did it happen? And does this mean your name is going up on the wall or was it not one of the Harpen & Common majors? It is one of the, in my opinion, it is one of the Harpen & Common majors. Uh, I've joined a new swindle called the Sausage Swindle and uh, second time out with them. Played pretty well on the front nine. One over after six. Thought, this is great. This, is, this can only get better. Back nine, you can normally score pretty well on. I was going like a train tone. And then the demons came in. No. The demons <laughs> came in. I was, I mean, I got 39 points, but it could have been 44. Stay in the moment. I tried. One shot at a time. I, All that you preach when you're alongside Marcus. Marcus Breer was on the shoulder. He was saying, just relax, meditate. I couldn't handle it, Tony. I, I, I'm breathing. Five, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I had five one-pointers on the way in. Oh. I was hanging on I, just my one fingernail at the end. But, you know, I'm so chuffed after. The last win was in 2004, and that was a mixed event. So, I mean, this talk about the legends. You know, everybody at any age can take the game up and still win. I'm overjoyed. <laughs> well done, Mike. I have got visions of you struggling to get a breath out, sweat <laughs> pouring off. You're just thinking, choke, choke, choke. <laughs> Somehow you've limped home and bought, home, lim the, bought lim home the money. I limped home and I will be opening an Aldi next week, cutting the tape. <laughs> talking to them about my victory. Congratulations, Mike. I shall take necessary inspiration from your win, proof indeed that there is hope for us all. And normally I would let that be the final word, but there is a little bit of news for us both to impart here. This is the final episode of Series 1 of Keep Up, Shut Up. When the Legends Tour starts, 
will hopefully resume not long afterwards. But for now, this is us signing out. So thank you very much to the Legends Tour for inviting us here today. And also thank you all for listening to Mike and I through the last few months. Don't forget, there is a back catalogue of entertaining episodes to enjoy. Give them a listen or even a re-listen. Thanks to Carl from Cambridge TV for all his help and input throughout the series. He has been a star. So then, Mike, it's time for us both to sign off. Mike? It's been emotional, Tony. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.